Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I am your host, Sean Needham, and we are streaming live from the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy Studio today, our midweek podcast as usual today at 8 to 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can always catch us on my personal Facebook page and the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy Facebook page and the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy YouTube site. And all these episodes are archived on the YouTube site, so go subscribe our YouTube site, check it out, comment, let us know what else you'd like to see. We'd really appreciate that as our YouTube site is ever-growing. So um, today, I am welcoming back Dr. Courtney Sanfelice. She's a wonderful pharmacist um, that we've had on before, and she is going to be a frequent guest in the future because it's so nice to have a pharmacist that kind of speaks the same language as as me. Um, I was just talking to Courtney before the show started, and you know, there's a lot of us out there. I think um, Janet and I were kind of called crazy um, a few years ago. I mean, we Janet and I have been doing this for 20-some years now. And we were called witch doctors. We were called crazy. We were said that we weren't going to be in business any longer. And, you know, we had a lot of people that didn't believe in us. And now it's interesting that, you know, 20-some years later, these pharmacists are coming out of the woodworks that believe like we do. I had an interview with a pharmacist yesterday from the American Frontline Doctors, um, who are doctors that are um, standing up during all the mandates um, over the last two years. And, um, they are actually recruiting pharmacists to to um, come alongside them. There was a lot of nurses and doctors. They were missing some pharmacists. And they wanted some pharmacists with expertise in the area and that believed in medical freedom. And so they reached out to me because that's what I believe in is medical freedom. It should be a patient's choice. And one of my goals is to educate and empower individuals to take charge of their own health. That's one of the reasons I started a podcast. So um, Dr. Courtney Felice, welcome back to our show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Sean. I love it. I love it here. I love our discussions. It's awesome. And it is so nice to talk to somebody where we're on the same wavelength, where it's not just here's some pills. Bye. It's I just love all of the topics that you discuss all the time. And I'm so honored to be on again today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Today, we're going to talk about hemp, specifically kind of CBD. Is that correct? Absolutely. So I am not very educated on this subject. I know a little bit about it, but if you could, uh, you know, over the next half hour, educate us, I'm sure you'll do a great job doing that. So Courtney, go. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So the how I established CBD was, um, gosh, it had to be a good a little over five years ago before really anybody knew, before it was a common household name, before people really understood what it was. Um, the pharmacy, the independent pharmacy that I work for, my boss had brought back samples for from a convention and they were kind of sitting on the shelf and I saw them and I was like, mm, what are these? And he was like, oh, you know, that's CBD, cannabis, da, da, da. And I was like, well, is this legal? Like, what, what's going on? He's like, no, it's used to treat things like pain and anxiety, which he knew I suffered from and was taking a medication for. And, um, you know, he said it's up and coming. You know, a lot of a lot of people are, are, are using it successfully. And at that point, there was maybe, you know, there was some brands out, but it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, like I said, like it wasn't a common thing. People didn't know what it was. So I decided to dabble in the samples. And within one week, I tapered myself off of Celexa, off an antidepressant that I was on for 16 years, with the exception of when I was pregnant with my son, I was off of it. But that was the only thing that would control that, that antsy kind of panicky feeling. My hands and feet would go numb. I would get palpitation, shortness of breath. It happened to me 
eight to 10 times a day to the point where I went to my doctor and was like, what the heck is this? Of course, they wrote a script back then for, it was, I'm brand Zoloft old. So it was way back when, when Zoloft was brand. And I got, he put me on that and he put me on, he gave me a script for Klonopin. Okay. Like, see you next Tuesday. Like what? These panic attacks, these things would last for maybe like 30, 60 seconds. Like it wasn't something that was, you know, like, like interfering. It was, it was to the point where it was annoying and interfering with my day, but not something I, I I needed something like that. So select, so Zoloft then. And then after my son, I went on Selexa back when I, when it happened again, as soon as I had him. So I was on two different medications, but for 16 years. And in one week I was able to taper off of that medication with um, CBD. And I just thought that that was ridiculous. So I was like, this is crazy, like a plant, come on. So I just dove in and I dove in to research and and learn more about it. And back then there were not a lot of studies. It was very hard to find information. Um, so a lot of it came from different manufacturers. So I was, you know, was dabbling in different brands and trying to find out what worked the best. And I was, I was kind of experimenting with my close patients in the pharmacy, family and friends. Hey, are you willing to give this a try? Oh, you have, you're suffering from pain, migraines. Um, there's just so many different things, which I'll get into. But, you know, but it was it was something for me that when I saw how it helped me, I thought there has to be a better way for other people to use this to help them to not have to take so many pharmaceuticals. And I started a program. So it started very small. And, you know, it was funny when it started. We had our little display of like hot products at the register in the pharmacy. And people would kind of like look over their shoulders when they were looking at them like, is this legal? Like, what's going on here? (laughs) It was pretty. It was pretty comical and a funny. A funny side story was I had like the, you know, just like marketing like our our fun products at the register. And there was this one thing. It was called. It was called Clear My Head, and it was for allergies. And you open the jar, and it smelled like eucalyptus and stuff. It had nothing to do with CBD at all, but it was placed very wrong by me. People would like open the jar, and they were like smelling it, looking over their shoulder. I think they thought it was like the products. I was like, we would be watching behind the counter for like, maybe we should move that. Um, but it was hilarious. Um, but anyway, so I started to introduce it to, to, you know, to our customers. We started with, you know, very small and, and people that were open-minded and willing to try it. And I started working one-on-one and was seeing, I mean, anything from, from people with migraines, either stopping them or when they like stopping them in their tracks. But if they were taking it regularly, like stopping their migraine condition altogether, where they weren't giving themselves injections to stop or taking a daily medication for their migraines or big thing pain from, from arthritis to muscle pain to neuropathy, people taking this and just, I mean, just couldn't believe how much it, how, how well it worked where people before COVID we would do samples and people would, you know, use a cream or something. And if they didn't buy it, then they'd walk out to their car and come back in and say, Oh my gosh, like that, they would buy it. Be like, this is ridiculous. It worked so quickly on my pain. Um, and then there's the anxiety, the depression, people that use it for that. I've seen a dog, literally a dog had a tumor in her chest and the vet, the dog was on it for a month and they came back in and said, the vet was like, what are you doing? Like the dog's tumor is shrunk in like size and in girth. Like it was softer and smaller in one month of using CBD. So it was so, it's, it just has been like, so I started actually a class called Let's Talk Hemp and it was like the third Tuesday of the month. It was everybody came in and, and the class grew wild. It was people wanted to learn about it because 
back then there wasn't a lot of information. And I, I kind of was self-taught in the area. And I, I learned as I went when I looked at what I taught my class looked like from when it started until what it looks like now um, with all of the testimonies, hundreds of testimonies that I have written from people. Um, I'm actually collecting in a book to share with people to see just how many things it can be used for. So um, so it just, it, it's a powerful plan. It works. The testimonies are amazing. But a lot of people are like, you know, kind of in disbelief. Well, how does it work on so many different things? You know, you're, you're, you're talking about pain, you're talking about anxiety, you're talking about seizures. Like a lot of moms have created companies based on their child, their children with epilepsy. And the only thing, like, even though they're on pharmaceuticals, in addition, like I've watched children decrease their pharmaceuticals that are using just CBD and they're barely on any pharmaceuticals. It's more the CBD that controls their seizures when they have epilepsy. And there's like, I, I know that there's a handful of companies out there um, that their moms actually created. So, um, it's just, it's just amazing, but it's like, you know, how does this work? How does this work on the body? Why does it work for so many different things? So, well, that, this- that, yeah, yeah, that was going to be my question, Courtney, is that, you know, as a pharmacist, I'm always skeptical of a drug that works, works for everything, not everything, but a lot of things with very minimal side effects. So, that's what I was going to ask you. So obviously you're going into that, but uh, you know, how does it work? So a lot of people don't know. Have you ever heard of the endocannabinoid system? I've heard of it. Correct. So a lot of people haven't. So apparently I would say statistics right now are 13% of medical schools, pharmacy schools, nursing schools teach about the endocannabinoid system. Our endocannabinoid system is entwined with all of our other systems. Like it's really important. It's just as important as, as our circulatory system, our digestive system, our nervous system. And basically what it is, is it's our body's homeostasis. So this system in our body, which a lot of healthcare professionals, again, are neglected to be taught about, is our body's homeostasis, which is when everything is in balance. So we have these receptors in our body, CB1 and CB2 receptors. So CB1 receptors are found primarily in the brain and CB2 receptors are found primarily throughout our immune system. And when you look at a cannabis plant as a whole, the two main cannabinoids in a cannabis plant are CBD and THC. THC is the component that causes cognitive impairment where you get the high from. So the products that I'm talking about today, the professional grade full spectrum CBD has 0.3% or less THC in it. So there's a small amount that's, that cannot impair you in any way, shape or form, but it works with the other cannabinoids. And there's like 140 of them in the cannabis plant, CBD being one of them. Um, I'll talk about CBN in a little bit, a new product that's out for sleep now that's really, it's a cannabinoid that's focused more on, on sleep. Um, but these cannabinoids all work together. All the terpenes, flavonoids in a cannabis plant all work to give, together to give you what they call the entourage effect. And that's where where it comes into play. That's the kind of, and, and I'll explain the difference between different um, products as well, like an isolate, a full spectrum, a broad spectrum, because there's a difference. And I think a lot of people don't understand that and it's important. So these receptors in our body, if you have a small amount of THC, it's not binding, causing the cognitive impairment. The other cannabinoids are binding to the CB2 receptors in your body, thus filling these receptors and causing that, that homeostasis in your body. So things like anxiety, um, appetite and hunger control. Um, it actually, um, helps with digestion. I've seen people that have stomach issues. Um, if they have like Crohn's or any kind of thing where they're having like any kind of inflammation based, cause it does work as an anti-inflammatory. I'll explain that too. 
Um, but anxiety, mood, um, temper, temperature regulation, some people even can use it for withdrawal symptoms. Um, it helps with fertility. Um, it helps balance out pretty much putting your body in that homeostasis so that it can function properly. So how else does it work? It works as an anti-inflammatory at the cellular level, and it works as an antioxidant at the cellular level. So pretty much any disease state that we can think of comes from inflammation, right? At some place in the body, right? So again, that's why it works on so many things. A lot of autoimmune conditions that people have um, because it really decreases that inflammation throughout the body. And it works as an antioxidant. A lot of people say, you know, well, what's an antioxidant? Um, I always like to explain it to people like it's like eating an apple. You know, you take a bite, turns brown pretty quickly. We're constantly producing new cells in our body. And those cells can either do good things or bad things the way that we treat our body, eating, sleeping, exercising, all of the things that we do to stay healthy, those cells can either turn into healthy cells or disease cells. So it's a really rich antioxidant um, to take into, you know, to take in as a supplement, even if you're not using it for something that's a, an actual medical condition. And what a lot of people don't know, again, our, our body actually produces, um, it produces end, endogenous cannabinoids. So we have anandamide and we have 2-AG, which are things that our body will help fill these receptors naturally, but they're not anything that can cause like a therapeutic effect. So it's kind of almost like the idea of like a hug and releasing oxytocin, like, or that like runner's high when you get your endorphins from mm -hmm. running. It's kind of like the same thing. Like it'll last you for a little bit, but it's not going to treat something therapeutic to the, to that level, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah totally. So, um, so it works in these ways. So as the anti-inflammatory antioxidant, like just to even like you'll, I'll see sometimes with like Parkinson's patients or people that have dementia where some, sometimes their family members will notice small changes or big changes, but even just to take it to slow down the progression of a disease to help promote that healthy cell growth, um, all of those different cannabinoids have specific functions. So we're learning that, that now that it's, you know, you hear CBD is the, the main thing that you hear, but all of those cannabinoids are, are, have specific roles. So we're kind of just scratching the surface with CBD products. So CBN is now kind of like on the rise where CBN is another cannabinoid, just like CBD, just like THC, but it's one that helps with sleep. So having higher concentrations of CBN in these products actually working and not as an isolate, which I'll explain in a second, but working together in synergy with the other cannabinoids helps promote sleep, which is pretty awesome. So the difference between these products, you, you hear cannabinoids, you hear isolates. So when you look at a product and it's an isolate, they basically just isolate CBD from the cannabis plant itself. And you're just looking at CBD. Um, does it work? Yeah. I've seen some success, but it's not as good as a full spectrum. Then there's a broad spectrum, and a broad spectrum is where they extract all of the THC. So if you were to take it to a lab and check it, there would be no, no traces of THC whatsoever in there, but it's all of the other cannabinoids, terpenes, flavonoids, everything else in the plant. And then a full spectrum is when they just extract the THC um, to the 0.3% or less to sell at the legal limit where there's no impairment and all of the cannabinoids, terpenes, flavonoids, that's when you get that entourage effect. That's when you get the best results um, with a full spectrum professional grade CBD. So let, so let me let me back up on that, okay? So let's let's define, what does CBD actually stand for? 
cannabidiol. Okay. What does CBN actually stand for? I don't know what the N stands for. So there is like CBNA. There's like 140 of them. So okay. they're very long chemical names. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and and let me just back up to my pharmacy background. Um, so before CBD, there was, uh, what's the prescription product? Marinol? Yes. Right? And what's the generic name of Marinol? I can't remember what it is, but it's, it's when we talk about isolates. So here's one of the issues that we have when we, when we try to isolate active ingredients from plants is that when we try to pick one ingredient from a plant, I've talked about it on the podcast before, um, it's actually, we're trying to figure out what's an active ingredient in that plant. And in reality, there's many things that work synergistically in that plant that need to all be in there. So that's kind of what you're talking about when you have broad spectrum is that it's not just one ingredient that is active in CBD. It's, it's multiple ingredients that that plant has in there. So one of the, you know, problems with pharmaceutical companies trying to find the active ingredient in a plant a few weeks ago on the podcast, I, I, you know, I used aspirin as an example, you know, aspirin has been used year for years to treat uh, fevers and headaches, or I mean, I'm sorry, white willow bark was used for years to treat fever and headaches back centuries ago. And so then Bayer Pharmaceuticals figured that out and they tried to act, isolate the active ingredient. An active ingredient was acetylsalicylic acid, aspirin, but that caused a lot of side effects. So CBD is not really a single ingredient. There's multiple ingredients in CBD, but they are, they do vary from company to company, correct? They do. Absolutely. And the quality too. So I stress that to people so much. It's not even just with CBD, with supplements, with anything. You you want to get something that's a good, reputable company that really does like third-party testing that looks that looks and dives in and says what's actually going on here. So you what you want to find in a CBD product, you you want to look for a certificate of analysis. And usually what you'll see on those products is a QR code on the package and you can scan it with your phone. And what it does is it gives you the report and you can tell what kind of, of CBD it is, whether it's an isolate broad or full spectrum, because um, it lists all of the cannabinoids and their percentages in there. It also lists, it almost looks kind of like a water report. Like you can see um, if there's any, like what pesticides, what the, what the soil looked like that it was grown in, any kind of microbes that, you know, to the minimal limit to make sure that, yes, there's a little bit. The good news is, is that a, a cannabis plant is very hardy. So it, it requires not a lot of, of um, fertilizers and pesticides, which is great. Um, so they look at that on, on this certificate of analysis as well, just to, so people can see actually what is going into their body. And if your product does not have a certificate of analysis, you definitely don't want to buy it. But when you look on it too, you can look at it. If it says the THC content is zero, but you see multiple cannabinoids, you can say, oh, okay, you know, this one's a full spectrum. This one's a broad spectrum and not a full spectrum. And then when the THC is present, you can see that that it's a full spectrum or if it's just CBD itself, it's an isolate. Um, For me personally, I say to go with a full spectrum. So a lot of people ask about drug testing when it comes to, um, you know, when it comes to like, well, I get random drug tested at work. What, what do I do? Um, I tell those people that they should either avoid it or they should check with their employer. This is what I'm using. Hey, I can show you that there's no impairment with this product. I can, you know, I can, I can prove, I can show you. 
But when it comes down to it, if you take a broad spectrum product to a lab, you will not find any traces of THC. If you take the, the full spectrum, you will see the smaller levels. You'll see them at a legal limit where they can't be cognitively impairing you in any way, shape or form. But if you're getting like a seven panel drug test for employment or something like that, it can come up. But the problem is, is I tell people to avoid the broad spectrum as well, because CBD itself can come up as a false positive on a test. So I don't even keep those in the pharmacy because when people go to like, if they're not getting the proper counseling and you know, there's just a cashier selling them and being like, Oh, there's no THC. So I must be safe with this product. You know, generally speaking, if you want to take it to a lab, that's fine. But most people won't take it to that level. They'll see the trace that they can see, you know, the traces of it just from it being like, it just, they mimic each other basically. So on a basic panel, both can come up. So I always caution and, you know, err on the side of caution and say, you know, if it's something that you can't because of that, um, you know, if you don't have, if it's more of like a corporate place and not somebody where, oh, hey, I'd rather you use this plant than like Percocet for your pain, you know, but it's, it's, it's crazy to me too. My husband is, has his CDL and he won't use it. He hasn't been tested ever, drug tested ever in however many years he's been driving and he won't touch it because he's like, if it would come up, but if he had a prescription, which he doesn't, but if he did, he could absolutely have a impairing prescription and that's okay, which is mind blowing. <laughs> right, right. Well, so I didn't know this. This is great. One of the great things about my podcast is that uh, I have experts like yourself on and they educate me. Um, and it does make sense that in the you know, inexpensive drug test urinalysis, they're pretty nonspecific. So it makes sense that CBD would make you test positive for marijuana. Um, but if they are more specific about the testing, if you do test positive – and they go and they do, a, I don't know if they do a mass spec or, or or what they do, but and they test individual ingredients, it would be negative for enough THC to impair you, but it would still test positive on the test. So that's good, really good to know. Um, but how do we get around? How There's not really a way to get around that if you're just not honest with your employer or you know the person doing the testing. Is that correct? Absolutely. And it's, it's really sad to see because a lot of people that are in pain management that are on that get, you know, three opioids a month and they want to find an alternative and try to taper off of what they're on and use something more natural. A lot of them can't because they get a urine screen before right. they get their prescription every month for their opioids and they can't do it because it'll come up their you know, their urinalysis will come up positive and then they won't get their, their prescriptions that they can't stop cold Turkey, depending on what level of pain they're on. You know, if they're a cancer patient where CBD can really benefit them, not even just for pain, but just like we were talking about for, you know, healthy cell growth, there's specific cannabinoids that, and offhand, I couldn't tell you what they are, but that are specific for like bone regeneration and things like that. So if it's like a bone cancer patient, like something that they could use as an adjunct therapy where they still might be in a severe amount of pain where they may need pharmaceuticals, you know, being able to use them together would be ideal, but a lot of people can't. And that really stinks because, because of that, there's really no way of getting around it unless somebody's open-minded and says, okay, this is what I'm using. I can show you what's in the product I'm using. I can print you this certificate of analysis. You know, I can give you proof, but a lot of people, you know, depending on the situation, won't. I know different corporate places, um, you know, like 
Um, I won't I won't mention the name of the corporation, but I don't know how many years back my dad went for his little his little like retirement job. And I had him on the um, capsules for his, you know, his lot back pain. And I was like, OK, well, he went to get the job and he like failed the drug test. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, dad. <laughs> so <laughs> I <didn't> mean it. <laughs> yeah, let, let's talk about the legality. This is the pharmacist coming out of me. Let's talk about the legality of this. So marijuana is a class one substance still, correct? It is. Which which that means it is still, marijuana is still illegal federally, right? And as pharmacists, we know that. And as pharmacists, we have to know that. Um, Even though states, there's some states, Washington being one of them, that says it is legal medically and recreationally. Federally, it is still illegal. And the DEA can still crack down on, on marijuana... Um, you know, selling. So tell us a little bit about that and CBD. Cause I will tell you, I went to a conference back in 2018, pretty early on in the CBD market. And I was told they showed us a letter. I can't remember from who that somebody federally department of health or something. Actually, I think it's attorney general or something. I don't remember, but CBD at the time was illegal. Now you could buy it at you know, XYZ Safeway or convenience store. But my whole argument was as a pharmacist, you buy, if you were selling CBD and it's a class one substance, you could lose your DEA license and then you can't sell controlled substances. So can you elaborate on that, Courtney? Yes. And at the very beginning of this, so 2018 Farm Bill is what made the it legal to sell as an over-the-counter supplement, re- recognizing that that 0.3% or less was legal in all 50 states. And that was, I don't know what time in 2018, but it was definitely the farm bill of 2018. Um, so probably if we go back, I started to do this maybe a year before that. And when I did, I questioned that to my boss. I said, is this really okay for us to be selling in here? Because it doesn't make sense. Like we, like, like a TH, like this is a schedule one, like, like how how are we able to do this? And he's like, oh, the DEA, he was very confident saying, well, the DEA is not going to look into a small place like us. And I'm like, but what if they do? Like, could this happen? He, he, He wasn't concerned. I was freaking out about it. He was like, I was like, okay. And I remember the day I remember target target put out their, they, I think it lasted for like 30 minutes. The DEA like shut it down instantaneously. And this is when we were like starting to sell it. I was teaching classes, but the corporate places that have bajillions of locations and they're selling it, like it got shut down. Um, I think after that bill, it still took a while to come into different stores, but I know some of the chain pharmacies now do carry like full spectrum. I don't know if they carry full spectrum. I think they might carry broad spectrum, the chains, because they still look at it like I think they could kind of crack down on it and say that it is, although it is, there's there's definitely a lot of gray area. There's gray area even with medicinal marijuana. I don't know what a lot of the state's laws are in Pennsylvania. Um, it's available as medicinal marijuana. Apparently it's very easy to get your card. Basically you need a letter from a doctor or during COVID, it was a five minute zoom call. You could just say, I have anxiety. And, um, you could say, I went to a therapist, I tried a medication and they're like, okay, here you go. So it was very like during COVID, I think it became very easy where you didn't even need to go through a doctor. Um, but it's not a prescription. It's a letter, letter of medical necessity. But I, I researched the heck out of it because I was like, well, what if you're 
driving with it. So like whether you're like an 80 year old lady or you're like a 20 year old kid and you're driving with this in your car and you get pulled over for whatever and this is on you, like what protection do you have? And it was very great in the state of Pennsylvania. It was like, well, you know, there was like no protection. Like if they wanted to say, to say, like, even if you have a letter from your doctor, you're not necessarily protected. So there's a lot of gray area. It's still very not, you know, it's, it's very, um, it's not, it's not, it's not black and white. It's not clear on, you know, this would happen, but it, it looks like if they wanted to make a big deal out of something, like maybe if they pulled somebody over that looked like they had something else going on and they saw it in their car, they could make a bigger deal out, out of it, say, even if it was a letter of medical necessity, but that letter doesn't necessarily protect you. So, you know, it's, it's still very much a gray area in Pennsylvania. Not sure, like, like even recreational, I know on the West coast, there's a lot, I think Washington isn't like Colorado. I don't know about California, but I think a lot of those there. So I don't even know how that works recreationally. Like, I don't know. Do you know anything about that at all? I I really don't. Um, although I can tell you, you know, Washington was one of the first States along with Colorado to make it recreational. And I was in, uh, California over the weekend in Palm Springs, and I, I have never seen more recreational marijuana stores in my life. I mean, every block there was one. Um, so it must be recreational legally legal there. Um, I think one of the things is, Courtney, as as healthcare professionals that we have licenses like pharmacists and and doctors, and we need DA licenses to you know dispense or prescribe controlled substances. Uh, you know, the fed the federal government specifically Congress and, and the DEA, they need to make a statement about it. And actually, they need to take marijuana off the class one controlled substance list um, to clear up the confusion because, um, you know, it really puts, puts you know, it really puts some fear into, you know, medical professionals that, you know, could we get in trouble for selling something with, you know, 0.3% THC in it? Well, I mean, in theory, we could. It, it says it as a class, it's a class one substance and it's illegal. So, I mean, I don't know of anybody that's been cracked down on that, but um, they definitely, it definitely has to be addressed for it to become more mainstream. Cause I, I believe that, you know, there are, you know, it's a great option for patients. Um, and I think some patients are, you know, the drug testing part of it too, that that has to be addressed too. Um, Agreed. You know, maybe they need they need to make a more specific urinalysis test where there's no cross reactivity. Um, you know, it's, it tests specifically for THC, and it's more specific to THC. Um, maybe maybe that's what they need to do at a certain concentration. So, because until then, there's a lot of people that are probably going without treatments that might help them a lot better than certain pharmaceuticals that are causing worse side effects. Absolutely, but I find too that I have seen. You know, broad spectrum, I don't see as good of as results as the full spectrum. The full spectrum is really the way to go. That small amount of THC, it really does activate a lot of the other cannabinoids to do their thing. So um, there's there's like these newer products coming out that are like CBN, like I said, for sleep, and they cannot be isolated. So, you know, and I'm sure they're working on so many studies now. Now, after they passed this farm bill, this farm bill also enabled... Um, 
both like the both like government studies as well as university studies where they can actually do clinical studies and clinical trials. That's what the farm bill also allows. So now um, they're able to actually say, okay, we're going to do a sleep study. We're going to do a reproduction and endometriosis study. And there's companies that do work with the FDA and, um, you know, and they are, you know, allowing these studies to happen so that people can use, you know, use, the use CBD, medicinal marijuana, whatever it is, but you kind of hit it on the head, like exactly that, like there needs to be some kind of differentiation, but even that small amount of THC is still helpful in that synergistic effect. So, you know, it's like, it, it almost like you said, it needs to be removed from that schedule one. And I, I think it's coming. I think it is with the amount that you see things growing. But even like you said, when you were in California, like I drive past this one store on my way to work and it's lit up with all these cheesy, very classy signs that are like Delta 8. Uh, and like, and I drive by and I'm like, okay. And I'm like, and and then, so like I, I researched Delta eight because people are like, well, what's this Delta eight? It's like the legal high. And it's, it's apparently it's legal to sell in Pennsylvania. I don't know how or why, um, a pharmacist friend in Florida owns a pharmacy and he was telling me about it. And I was like, okay, I have to try this. So I tried it. I would not recommend that to anybody. So, I mean, I I couldn't imagine somebody taking that even at bedtime and then having like an elderly person getting up and falling. Like, I I just don't, I I can't, it's just too much, too much. So like, I think what a lot of people don't realize is there's a time and a place for medicinal marijuana and and I'm all for it. But I think a lot of people, it's not necessary. What they need and can get from these over-the-counter products they can get just as much relief as they can from medicinal marijuana. So, um, you know, it's not, I think people just because they can go get their card, they can, and they do it just because they can. But I think a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of side effects that come with THC. You know, there's a lot of cognitive things that can happen that if you don't want to just, you know, go to sleep and take it, or if, you know, if you want to function during the day, depending on how, what the concentration is when you, you know, go, go to a dispensary and, and, and get your blend made for you by the bud tender. Um, but it's, it depends on, you know, it depends on what exactly how much that you're taking, but it can actually worsen, you know, THC can actually worsen your anxiety and, and cause more of like paranoia and psychosis. So it's kind of like, you know, depending on that level, like some people would be better off with the over the counter products. And a lot of people use the over the counter products to balance the side effects from the medicinal marijuana, which I almost look at as like, counterproductive because it's almost like, well, why don't you just use the over the counter products because you could get so much relief. And I mean, I could tell you testimonies all day. We could sit here and I could tell you, I mean, end of life care people. Um, you know, I had a gentleman come in and tell me about his wife at the end of life where she, he was giving her doses. She didn't even know just to keep her comfortable. And, um, she wasn't even asking for her morphine in between, like it was keeping her that at bay. Um, you know, people that are stage four cancer patients going off of their opioids and using, you know, just CBD. But I mean, the the list goes on of things that I can just, like I said, stories I can tell you from people where, you know, children on the spectrum where I'm getting all these great testimonies of moms where kids are, you know, frustrated and they, they, they have anxiety because of, 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 they can't communicate their words properly and they're starting to use CBD. And, and I just got this amazing testimony the other day 
from my mom, who's also a pharmacist and her son is six years old and he was having real defiant behavior. And she's like, I don't know what to do because he's, he's not usually like this. And she started him on it. And in one dose, he was like, mom, my brain doesn't seem fuzzy anymore. I can see clearly like, like a six-year-old actually noticed the difference and told him how he felt. It was, it was so like powerful when she sent me the test. I was like, oh my gosh. And then she, she took the dose up a little bit thinking, oh, okay, maybe. And he said, mom, he was six years old. Mom, I think, you need to go back down to the lower dose. This one made me a little too hyper. Like a six-year-old like told his mom to go back down to the lower dose. I was like, this is amazing. So that, that sounds know, like a six-year-old that has a pharmacist as a mom. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> so true. Well, so, and I appreciate you talking about the medical marijuana thing versus CBD. And you know, we talk about it often on our show is that you know, just because something is natural, i.e. marijuana or i.e. alcohol, um, does not mean that they're better than prescription medication. So, well, I got off my, you know, my anti-anxiety medication and I just drank a couple glasses of wine a day. Well, that's not really, or I just smoke marijuana before I go to bed. And, and I'm, everybody needs to make their own decisions for their health. But, but I am of a big believer that, you know, if you need anything like that to get through the day and it is causing cognitive impairment, impairment like alcohol and marijuana does, there's an issue. You should not have to do that long term. Um, there's something else going on. So, um, you know, I appreciate you um, diving into that. So as we wind this up, I know this is, you're an expert in this, um, Courtney, and you've given some great information today and we'll have to have you on again to talk about more specific things um, about THC and their treatments. Um, as we wind this up, I'd like to um, talk about really kind of the reason that well, the main uh, reason that you went on it to start with, and you got off Celexa, right? Yes. So, Celexa is an SSRI, commonly prescribed for for depression. Also, some of them are Prozac, Zoloft. What are some other ones? Uh, Lexapro. Um, other one? Am I missing any? According. Zoloft, Celexa, Lexapro, Prozac. Cymbalta, that one's a little bit different. A little bit different, yeah. Xer, that works a little bit on different neurotransmitters. Right. We're all in the same, yeah. <laughs> right. So, I, I, but we're, I think we got them all. Um, so, if you are on one of those, um, you know, CBD might be an option to get off. So, tune in everybody that is on an SSRI because there are so many people on those SSRIs for either depression or for either anxiety. Um, Lexapro is a very common one. I think they're all generic now. Um, you know, pay attention because CBD might be, might be an option. So, um, you want to talk a little bit about that and your experience with that in a quick minute? Um, yes. Courtney. Yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, for me, when I was on the, the Selexa for, for, I couldn't, I just had these random, like I said at the beginning, these random like bursts. So for me to be able to go off of it that quickly, and again, you know, you want to work with a healthcare professional too. So whether you go to your local, I would recommend a community, an independent pharmacy where the pharmacist is going to take the time to, to spend with you to to talk to you with your options. But um, but just in, in general, to be able to, you know, you, would, you wouldn't want to just stop something cold turkey. It would be something that you would want to taper off of. I don't recommend somebody doing that themselves 
themselves. I did it as a pharmacist. I know what, knew what I was doing, tapering myself off. Um, but it was a whole new world. I couldn't believe that it worked so quickly. And, um, you know, like I said, it was to the point where it was, it was kind of debilitating that it ha- would happen so much. I would just be minding my business during the day and I would get these feelings and I just would, okay, just breathe for a couple seconds. She'll be fine. So I think that anybody that's on these medications, I just stress to you, do it with a healthcare professional, reach out to somebody who knows what they're doing. Don't go on to, you know, Amazon and just order something. And because these products, there's a lot of unsafe products on the market. There's approximately 3,500 brands of CBD on the market and 93% of them are adulterated, meaning that what's on the label is not what's in them. Yeah. So you really want to watch, especially if you're using it for something that you're not just, oh, I'm trying it because it's a trend. Like somebody who has a specific condition, whether it be anxiety and depression, pain, migraines, seizures, the list goes on. If you want to actually use it for medicinal purposes and look at therapeutic value, you want to work with a healthcare professional. You can find me online. I can help you. Or if you want to go into your local pharmacy, I would say keep it to a community pharmacy. They're going to help you the most. And, um, you know, with getting off of a medication and getting finding a good brand that's going to work with you and a specific type. Because like you said, Sean, um, I recommend a tincture, an under-the-tongue tincture where you can really control your dose. Um, smoking, we don't know. Vaping, all of these things with long-term side effects that we don't really know about. Um, you know, you're doing something counterintuitive to balance out your health if you're smoking something or vaping something. So using a tincture under the tongue, you can control your dose, whether it's, you know, the idea with CBD is to start low and go slow. When you find where you're therapeutic, that's where you kind of stop. So we can talk about that at another time, but you want to always start low with CBD and go slow. And when you find your therapeutic, like they call it your sweet spot, when you find that, that's where you live. So you realize, okay, it lasts for four or six hours. Okay, that's when I'm going to take my next dose based on pain, anxiety, whatever it is. So awesome. um, that helps. So tell us about, you have a website, correct? I do. What's your website? It is wellnesssolutions.co. Awesome. So that's the best way to get a hold of you? Yes, absolutely. You can sign up for consultations there. Um, I have a lot of information on CBD for both um, clients as well as practitioners. I'm starting a new program for practitioners to actually help them do what I do because I think education is lacking in this department. It's lacking in practitioners. So if practitioners can't help clients, how do we get people rolling on natural, more natural, you know, supplements and treatments. So I'm rolling out a program um, next week and it's going to be for clinicians to sign up to learn how to do what I do. (laughs) Awesome. Well, always a pleasure to have you on our show. You're a great wealth of knowledge, Courtney. So looking forward to having you on again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sean. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. So tune in Monday, our podcast, 1230 to 1.30 Pacific Standard Time. We will have Jason from CrossFit in Moses Lake, Washington. He's going to be talking about CrossFit and maybe the history of it, not maybe, but the history of it and what is CrossFit and how it can benefit you. Because, you know, on our podcast, we're all about Um, education about health and wellness, so exercise, diet, nutrition, hormones, and CBD, and everything in between. So you don't want to miss out on that one. Um, Another way to make your body healthy is uh, exercise. So a CrossFit, 1230 to 130 Pacific Standard Time. Tune in. Courtney, thank you for for being on today. I really appreciate it. Listeners and viewers, thank you for tuning in to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you.